0: Welcome to Stay In The Loop with Lucy, a series of podcasts that introduce you to people who are willing to make a difference. Perhaps tell us about a service they run or a book they've written. Sometimes they will simply tell us about their life. Today, I am joined by Eloise, who's just turned 18, graduated last year in her first year at university with a double degree in law and arts, majoring in French and Francophone studies, with a minor in social justice. Now, this social justice element has gone all the way through her life, from what I can gather, and it's opened up many doors to many opportunities when we're young we can sometimes think that no one values our voice and that we haven't got an opportunity to express ourselves and that if we do express ourselves no one's going to hear us they may only hear the the anger the frustration that these adults are not saving our planet or not giving us the opportunities to have housing etc 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 and within the expression of that frustration many young people feel their voice is not being heard in the way they would like it to be heard. So I'm hoping that Eloise can give us an example and some ideas and some first steps of how to actually honor the fact that we have something to say and express it in a way that it can be heard by the adults and the world around them. Welcome Eloise.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Now, can you tell us a little bit about what opportunities you had at school for getting involved?
1: Yes, so I started off um, high school at a brand new school with not many people I knew I didn't have, um, I'd moved. So I was completely the new person and I was sort of looking for ways that I could, um, I suppose, uh, be part of the community and it did take me a couple of years. I remember um, in our newsletter, my mum saw the social justice committee and they did like a thing. I like, come to this room at, on Mondays at lunchtime and fight for equality, all that sort of thing. And my mum said to me, oh, that sounds like something you'd enjoy. Why don't you go to that? And I was like, no, no way, mum. I'm not going to that. Like that's, I was only in year year seven and eight. She bugged me for two years to go. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um too nervous for that. I, none of my friends were really interested in going so I thought I I won't do it and then in year nine I just I just took the chance and I went one day and it all was uphill from there I suppose um I absolutely loved it the first time there was a lovely teacher running it it was a bit scary because there were majority was year 11 and 12 students and as a year nine student that was um quite daunting but Um, As soon as I put my hand up and said, oh, yeah, I can help with that. I can, like they were running a trivia night we do every year. And the teacher said, who can help set up some questions? And I put my hand up and I did it. And the teacher said, thank you. And then um, as a way of showing that I could do that simple task, I guess, um, I kept going back and um, it was a really good way to sort of build a, a foundation in that. Club um, because once I kept going back, there was always something else I could do or something else I could help out with, and yeah. And then in year eleven and twelve, I absolutely I became the, I guess the higher end of it, the older students. And eventually, it became my whole life revolved around the social justice committee. Everyone knew me as the social justice club girl. Um, and yeah, I tried out for my school's executive team, and I actually got the social justice representative. So I got to kind of um, be a leader for that. And I absolutely loved it. It was a highlight of my high school career. I had so much fun. I got so many um, amazing opportunities. And yeah, I still think about it a lot as probably the thing I missed the most from high school, but also it's carried so much forward this year as well that I'm so grateful for. So it
0: sounds as if you were nervous about two things when you first started. One, doing something that your friends would do. And kind of therefore sticking with the group that you'd found when you first started high school. And the second one was trying something new and going into an environment on your own where you didn't know anyone. Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I didn't, um, I wasn't even sure what social justice was, really. I think I was confused when my mum said, I think that sounds like something you'd like. I thought, that's weird. I'm not, into like all these charitable things. I've never done anything like that before, um, but I guess I wasn't really sure of who um, who I was, what sort of things I was interested in at that point, but I guess my mum knew. Um, and so once I started going, I um, was like, oh, well, there's a whole new set of people here who I've never met before and these can be, I can be friends with these people and I'm broadening my knowledge on the world and um, gaining some confidence while at it, so yeah.
0: Mum sometimes know us a little better than we know ourselves at times <laughs> did you encounter any challenges to speaking up or putting some of your projects into action
1: um yes there were challenges I did face for a while there some people I guess looking back I think maybe were intimidated by my willingness to put my voice out maybe and I did face a few people who weren't very nice to me about it um and that was a little bit difficult at the start because I thought oh but I think I'm helping people I'm not sure why um I'm not sure why people are being mean to me about it um you know I actually did my year 12 major work on it um it was because I kind of followed these values of like feminism and I would um I had like a you know social media and young people that was kind of how I'd my image was like I would always share feminist articles and pictures and people didn't, um, I don't think that's kind of not a very good reputation, uh, that word doesn't have a great reputation among young people. So I think I was a little bit confused there and that did hold me back for a little bit because I was worried that I was doing something wrong or that. But aside from that, um, once you find, I guess, the people who who are just like you and you come forward from that. But yeah, I did. I didn't know if I was going to mention that or not, because it is the reality, I suppose, of what happened. And
0: I think it's really valuable that you mentioned that Eloise, because that is the reality, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. when you're going to speak up, you're, you're going to find not everybody agrees with you. And I'm not sure that we're trained to be unpopular. We're trained and we're coached and we're encouraged to do things that make us fit in and not argue, not question, not rub anybody up the wrong way. That's not what you're encouraged to do at all as a child. But interestingly, it sounds like your mum knew that that was one of your strengths that you, that you did question and that you were prepared to, to speak about about topics. And you clearly had family friends around you who did the same or relatives who did the same. And so there's that sense of normal for you where, when you feel passionately about something, when there is, when you are speaking up on behalf of others who may not be able to, you use your voice. But as a young person, the pushback of that is a bit of a shock because you go, how can people actually be unpleasant when I'm just expressing myself.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I Adults have an awful lot to learn about decency and respect in communication. Um, and um, I think we've got a bit of a way to go there. So I apologize for what you experienced, but I hope that what it showed you is that sometimes when something's worth speaking up about, then you speak up about it anyway.
1: Exactly, yeah, that's exactly right.
0: It doesn't sound like it changed what you did. It just made you question, which is never a bad thing, again, never a bad thing to keep questioning. But then by the sound of things, you just deepened in your resolve of knowing why you felt so strongly about what you were talking about.
1: Yeah, I think that was a good uh, a really um sort of self awareness thing because i I was aware of the fact that maybe. I did have to step back and think oh well is it is feminism bad like is it am I I don't want to portray the image that women are better than men I'm like I've read into equality I know that there are inequalities in the world and it's something I'm really passionate about I don't ever want to be set back because of my gender I don't ever want my friends to be set back because of their gender Um, and then yeah once you're kind of clear I think it takes a while once you know exactly how what your values are and align those with how you want to put that into the world. It doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks, especially if it's only a few people or when you're 14 years old, it's just, I guess it is part of life that people aren't going to agree, but um, you don't have to let it set back. It can, I think in my case, it really motivated me to uh, think quickly, like mature quickly, because I knew that that was something I'd probably encounter in the future as well. And not only, but I think I was so lucky that um, I was surrounded by like amazing support, like my parents and my friends and like uh, role models and teachers and things like that, who wouldn't stand for that sort of behavior and repercussions. So um, I was really lucky that most people think the same way that I do. And yeah, hopefully the people who don't just learn their lesson and yeah, go on with their world. Yeah.
0: And inequality should not be Anything that anyone champions, so when you 're talking about equality it 's not about making women greater than than men it 's about having equity so sometimes when you have held a group down, you need to give them a little bit of a boost so that you come to some sense of equality it 's not about you know putting someone higher or someone lower and I think that 's the the danger of being um, a group of people who've been subdued for a very long period of time. And we have so many examples in indigenous communities in genders, um, in sexuality of, of a group being held back, that sometimes when they find their voice, they do feel very overpowering, but it's just because they finally have a voice. Yeah. Really great to be able to have that conversation here because, um, I suspect that young people who have a voice, even us adults who feel we have a voice also need to remember the why we're doing what we're doing so that we can actually speak very solidly from our body without fear of retribution or, you know, the naysayers. What were the other, what were the opportunities that you had at school that came from that social justice group.
1: Yes, yeah, so that was a really vibrant community I think we always had like very on top of it sort of teachers who were presenting new opportunities for things every week. Um the first thing I did um sort of that was really um special to me was I kept um any opportunity that that came up that the teacher would be like, "Oh, there's a Uh, speaker coming to the school today if anyone wants to come we can all meet in this classroom like someone from a certain um, uh, career or domain that's of interest to the social justice kids Um, I went to Parliament House one time um, with another person from social justice and we listened to a speech um, about Dignity Day so we heard from a couple of speakers um, and then I we went to we organized big events. So, um, the biggest event that I was part of, for that was our sleep out. We did it in, um, in partnership with, uh, stepping stone house, a small non-for-profit organization that helps kids get off the streets and puts them in school and everything. Um, wonderful charity. And we um, slept out on our school hall for the night. We did it two years in a row. It was fantastic. It was so much fun. We raised money. Um, uh, those sorts of things were really good for getting uh, younger people involved as well. I think another thing would be um, at my school, we have a thing called uh, the Cherry Book Medallion, which you can go for in year 12. And one of the things you have to do is um, book an event. So that was one of the things the uh, sleep out was. So there was always like a year 12 student bringing something to us, being like, oh, can I do this? And then we'd make it, with the backing up of all the students in the group, we would make it just a wonderful event, so then everyone could be involved, even though it was something special for this year 12 students, so I think that was really fantastic, and even um, some of the thing some of the work I did with social justice, like I said, I went to our speech at Parliament House, where I heard this woman called Aminata speak about her maternal foundation in Sierra Leone, and I absolutely, when I heard her speak, it changed my life, I just, it was one of those things where I thought, wow, this is incredible what she's doing the way she speaks is just phenomenal we organize women's day at our school and i wanted her to speak at our assembly so that was another fun thing we like to do we could get people to speak I had my auntie speak at the, an assembly um, which was fun um, always looking for like really inspiring people to come and share their knowledge um, and yeah and even now after i graduated high school um aminata who i just spoke about um i'm currently doing um i've volunteer for her organization so I'm on the phone with her at least twice a week organizing things for her um organization and it's just wonderful so that's something I'll always have that I carried with me from social justice
0: it sounds like you learned a lot of business skills there too you learned how to project manage you learned how to network how to get speakers how to arrange for those speakers to come in and and speak and network I mean huge business skills
1: yeah i definitely learned a lot and um in that sort of thing as well now when i speak to people i say oh yeah well i guess i do have the events skill i can i've organized an event in some way i've helped um and um it's definitely a team effort so you'll say we've got this event we're going to be fundraising we need like two people to go down to the shops this afternoon and see if you can ask them the local businesses for donations, someone to go send an email and then it becomes being a team effort and everyone's got a part, no matter how big or small. Um, And I think that was so important, especially when I started in year nine with just these little things like helping write questions for the trivia night, which then turned into helping being a big fundraiser at the end of the year in year 12. It was like, You'd worked your way up but I never saw that what I did in year nine or year 12 any better than each other it was always like that was the fact that I could be part of something that amazing with everyone else just felt great.
0: And what happened after school?
1: Well after year 12 I one of the opportunities I got that was really amazing that I would suggest um, any young person listening could uh, go for and I got into the United Nations Young Diplomats Tour which was amazing. And I think uh, definitely when I was filling out that application, I always pointed to the social justice committee as being the thing that helped me get to where, I, where I wanted to be, which was at the UN. that was like a goal of mine always um, get me through high school. I had like a vision board. I had pictures of the UN, like this is where I want to end up just keep studying and I'll get there sort of thing. And then um, I got into that wonderful trip, met some of my best friends Um and so the things I learned there really helped me um, grasp sort of where I want to be career-wise and how I want to approach my degree and things like that. And now as well, I am helping the Aminata Maternal Foundation, which is fantastic. And so I think all of that really, I owe to the social justice community. I've always said that, but yeah, it definitely changed everything for me.
0: us a little about the Aminata Maternal Foundation.
1: Yeah. So um, the Aminata Maternal Foundation is like a non-for-profit organization who um, is like located in Australia and we um, help mothers and babies in Sierra Leone who don't have access to um, the same uh, level of uh, uh, hospital care, especially for when giving birth and things like that. And yeah, so we, uh, I did a couple of things last year, like we did a walk, Um, I did some yoga recently over Zoom. and That's how we raise money. So it's a really nice community as well. And I love it.
0: Fabulous, clever. And thinking outside the box, how did you find out about the Young Diplomats United Nations Tour?
1: So um, the Diplomats Tour was organized by Australia's uh, United Nations youth. Sorry, it's a mouthful. It's an NGO as well, which is sort of like... um, one thing I actually wish and I've done some incredible things with social justice, but outside of that, outside of school, I, looking back, I wish I'd done more with the UN youth because they have so many opportunities. And it was one of those things I always knew about, but I didn't necessarily do because uh, it was an even further step out of my comfort zone doing it out of school. Um, but I did go to a couple of seminars run by them. So therefore um, I don't know if you've heard of the um, like state conferences that the UN youth does. So I did, unfortunately never went to one of those but I went to a couple of seminars and I was like this is really great there's lots of people here from local schools I met heaps of people who I'd seen at prefect events and things like that and they just hold um conferences speakers seminars on different topics around international relations equality literally so much stuff I went to a climate change one they have speakers who come it's like a full day it's wonderful. I would suggest anyone can get involved in that at all. There's so many different ones. I went to one about um, women in politics, which was great. That was a one day full day. And you just learn so much and it's okay because people usually don't turn up with a friend either. I found it was most people just tagging along and saying, I've heard about this community. I'm sure I'll fit in somewhere. And everyone always did. And so, cause I'd been to a couple of those, I'd heard about the UN Tour. and so I just applied not really thinking much of it because I knew there was a lot of people and yeah one thing led to another and I just kept making it to the next interview round and I was fortunate enough to go
0: amazing and of course rotary um, support young people on that process because they have the model United Nations um, events that all got cancelled this year um, due to covid but you know they're good introductions to what to to um, how the United Nations debate. It was highly entertaining to go um, last year and watch um, them debate, I think, a little bit more politely than they do in the actual event, although there were moments of ridicule and um, put-downs as well. So clearly debating has a bit of a way to go to, to kind of match, again, what we were talking about at the beginning of that decency and respect and expression and um, being able to disagree in a constructive and polite way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said that when you went on this tour and you, um, towards the end, you started understanding what you wanted to study at university and what career path you wanted to have. It sounds like although you had a a vision board, you actually started to get a sense from the inside of you, what your strengths were and therefore where you could see yourself being of purpose in the world. That is, again, something that young people, I feel, miss um, when they're young. They just don't know where their place is. How young did you get a sense of that?
1: I think uh, I can resonate with that because when I was younger, I could, I never, ever thought I was smart, necessarily. I didn't think in other grades. I thought, well, I'm like, I know I can pass decently. I never put much thought into my grades. I tried hard in school but it wasn't until um, about year 11 and 12 when I started really trying and picking subjects that I love that I was like, wow, I'm actually good at the things that I choose to do. And if I put my mind to it, I can do well in it. And I ended up doing really well in legal studies and my French and society and culture and English. And I love them all. And I think, um, I never thought that I would ever get into law. I didn't think that was on the cards for me at all. I thought it's 99 ATAR. It's, such a big jump I could never ever get there and I just accepted that sort of and I'd always always wanted to do it when I was in younger grades I'd watch law shows with my mum and think that's really cool my mum had sort of a legal job and a couple of other people I knew uh, but I never would have dreamed of it and it wasn't until I started really putting my mind to it and thinking well if I like it and I try hard enough there'll always be some way I can transfer or do it in the future it doesn't matter if it's what I really want I, I can try my best And I think um, that's something that a lot of the younger people just give up on quickly, like, well, I'm not smart, so then I won't get the ATAR. And, well, if you really want to and you pick things that you like to do and you do well in them, you will get there somehow. Um, And that's exactly what I did. And so I think I got that sense of where I was going when I got into law as well because I got in pre-admission because I didn't get the ATAR for law. I didn't. So there was always other ways. Um, and so when I got in, I thought, wow, that's something I never envisioned for myself. But if maybe, if in my younger years I had been a bit more understanding of, well, if I try harder, this and that. Um, so that's something I always try and tell the people in the year below me as well is like, just keep your vision, keep your goal in mind, and work for it, because you never know, really. And yeah it's the same with the UN show I never ever thought I would get into that I had a picture of the UN on my wall but I didn't ever think I would actually end up there it was just for motivation so yeah I was completely mind blown by everything that happens towards the end of the year there
0: have you considered how you'll deal with something when it doesn't go completely according to your plan
1: yeah I definitely I've considered this um obviously it would be a dream to work at the UN definitely. But I think one thing I'm learning at university, especially with, I I haven't I've been able to do much because of COVID, but the opportunities that are there, like, um, oh, there's uh, internships available. There's all these speakers you can go and listen to from different career fields. And I think right now I would honestly say, I don't know what, to, what I want to do with my career, but I'm excited to see what opportunities come up that I can test things out. So maybe, um, a job in the government that sort of thing seems to be a bit more like it could make actual change I've definitely weighed up the especially after the UN trip weighing up things like after going to the UN headquarters in Vienna to going to a small NGO in Poland or something I'm like well if I weigh it up and I want to make a difference which one realistically could I find more fulfilling that would make the most difference and generally it is the small NGO type things or the intergovernmental organisations that run um, off people who just are passionate for changing these small things and that might be a bit more um, more something I'd like to do. So it's always changing. I mean, I didn't know much about the UN so it's just this thing that seems so great like a world government but then of course when you look into it you're like, well I think maybe I could do make more change working for something else. It's a little bit more smaller but still equally as Incredible,
0: yeah, amazing. I just love the fact that you've you've thought about it as well. Um, have you found that you've had people in your life who've mentored and supported you?
1: Ah, uh, yes, definitely. I had um, obviously my parents. I think the fir- the very first thing I ever did where I guess I found my voice was when my dad told me about the things that Francie was doing with the Korean dogs organization, cause I would always loved animals. And it was just one of those things. I think it's easy to feel um, sorry for animals, especially I was like, well, they can't like, this is so cruel to them. They don't have a voice. They can't say it. So it was a really small um, step of that realization that, Oh, if someone doesn't have a voice and I do, and I'm in this privileged position to potentially make um, it a little bit easier for them, then why not sort of things. So I think it started there um, with my parents, obviously my mum was the one who sort of put the feminist um, label in our house all the time. Like it was definitely a topic I always talked about, which I think was why when I just thought it was normal in year eight and nine and no one else did, that was sort of where it came from. But yeah, I always had, amazing teachers i was always one of those people who just idolized teachers i have about four female english teachers who i'm still i just think they are incredible always looked up to them they were always talking about what's what's new like what um what sort of things we can do especially in the social justice And yeah
0: what advice would you give a 14 year old who's feeling like they're perhaps not smart and they they just don't know their their place what would you say to that young person
1: um i would tell them that as long as you um i would say to them that if you really want to do something or you have something that you really enjoy you really like and there's something holding you back from maybe getting more involved in that or getting involved in that that you've really got to look at it and think, how's this going to benefit me? Am I going to regret it if I don't do it? And probably know that you you will. Like, it's fair to say, now looking back, I wish I had not gone to the social justice committee since year seven when my mum initially told me to. I imagine all the more things I could have done in those couple of years where you're a bit unsure of everything. So always give it a go. Even if it doesn't work out, at least you tried. Um, and if you don't feel like you're smart enough, I think... I mean, I thought that for ages and especially because I wasn't good at math or science or anything like that. But you've really got to find what you're good at because you're not going to be good at everything. But if you find, oh, I really like reading, I'm good at English, then master that, do that. Anything can come from it. Um, You don't have to be good at everything. You can be good at what you're good at. Um, There'll always be some way you can manifest that into amazing things.
0: And what, what have you learned about yourself, about what skills you have not not necessarily what you do, but who you are
1: um, I think um, one thing I learned was that I always thought, "Oh, definitely that I'm smarter than I think. That was one big one, because um, so I always wanted to be a very smart person, and now I, now i can I enjoy saying that I am. so that was one thing I worked up to um I think I learned that definitely listening to others um because that was a big way of like making groups and uh organizing events and things with other people is that there's um so many people out there who are exactly like you and it makes you feel just so much better every day excuse me um yeah just those couple of things I would love to add another
0: couple I feel you have a willingness to stand up and speak. And that was clearly in you very young. You also have a good eye for questioning what your why is. Some people just follow so blindly, they don't even question the why and they get themselves into a right or pickle. And you don't, you just took a little bit of time. Going, okay. What's my why? And then it, it affirmed your purpose. I think that's really that keeps you safe as well because it means that you're not following blindly which is just so important in life And I feel that that's something you do quite naturally so kind of want to reflect that back to you that that's not something you've learned that is something that's innately in you and that your mum and dad clearly saw in you and maybe encouraged the expression of that
1: yeah I think that's exactly right <clears throat> that's a really good way of putting it yeah i'd never i always thought it was things that i've learnt but yeah i guess you're right yeah
0: one other thing that that's really stood out your natural inquisitiveness that you seem to be willing to investigate and discover and consider equity as important you know uh, whether it's for the dogs or whether it's for women or whether it's for women in another country, not even this country, there don't seem to be the borders for you. What's right and wrong for one needs to be right and wrong for all.
1: Yeah, I definitely hold the view that um, until everyone is equal, then there's still like a fight to fight sort of thing. So I, like, I won't be free until all women are free sort of thing.
0: Thank you so much, Eloise. I really appreciate you giving us the time today.
1: Yes, thank you so much.